Oh, it is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And there he was last night, Coach Howler, Jim Howler. He's joining us now and uh, doing the game on a night where people were kind of worried about the weather. But it was nice to be in a warm home. In fact, uh, Coach Howler, I went over to neighbor Ted's house last night, and we got to, we got to watch the game and listen to you and John. And, I mean, it's a uh, always a pleasure to uh, – to, to listen to y'all do a game together uh, because, boy, y'all have known each other for many, many years. So I just wanted to start out by saying how much I, I enjoy listening to you do those games. Matt, and let me say it's always good to be on here with you and Aaron. And, uh, Aaron, I love that little uh, deal you had on Campus Confidential a while ago about old Nick Saban patting himself on the back. I love that. So I like <laughs> listening to you guys, too. <laughs> well, Thanks I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. You bet. We uh, we like uh, we like listening uh, and have for many years. That's an interesting team the Bears have because Kansas last night – I mean, Jim, that thing starts out, and I'm thinking I, – I, I jumped in there about – there are about four minutes left in the first quarter, and I'm like, ooh, this doesn't look very good. It's like 5-4, to four, and then it's 12-8 to eight at the end of the quarter, and I'm thinking I hope, I hope we're not going to be watching this the rest of the game. Isn't that kind of wild to, to score eight points in the first quarter and then you finish the game with 77 points? That's pretty rare. Well, I, yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh, this year's version of the Baylor women's basketball team. They're either hot or they're cold. And last night, thankfully for Baylor, Kansas started out equally poor shooting the basketball. In fact, the first 13 shots of the game, there was only one made between the two teams. So it did start out ugly. But how about the way Baylor came back and started the second half after shooting so poor in the first half? They made their first seven shots of the second half, including their first three three-point buckets. So that certainly helped them get a little cushion there to, to win in the final margin. But uh, something you probably didn't even realize, Matt, is last night when we got to the arena, the Jim Farrell Center was pitch black, cold, no heat. The power had gone out, and we didn't even know if we were going to have a game. The poor Kansas team comes walking in there and everything's dark and it's cold so the team's kind of reflected the atmosphere uh, when they <laughs> walked into the, the gymnasium but uh, this weather uh, has created havoc i i really admired that kansas team last night they spent all that money to charter a big jet to come into waco and get back home quickly they had to fly all the way to houston and then bus back to Waco to get to the game, and then they had to wait till 4 o'clock this afternoon to drive back to Houston and fly back to Lawrence. So this weather's created lots of problems. Man, I don't even understand all of that because it seems like Waco's been the one place that hasn't been that tough to land in and, and, and get out of with yeah, this they weather. they couldn't land in Austin, couldn't land at DFW, couldn't land anywhere, they said, closer than Houston. So, anyway, Weird. back to who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, what about the um, what about the Bears right now in terms of you've got little Paige Bugs, who we've watched kind of watch her growth. Bella Font-Leroy, they, they have different games. The thing I'm really starting to like about Bugs, though, Jim, she'll pull up on you and hit about a 12-footer. You know, early on, we recognized that Fontleroy obviously can extend her game maybe a little more than Little Page Bucks. But, boy, Bugs is skilled. 
This is not. I mean, she could certainly rebound and 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 score near the near the rim. But both of them, there's some, man, there, there's some range to their game. And and I, I tell you, I don't know if it'll be this season. But but you got to, Jim. When you watch them, I'm sure you're like me, and you start thinking, man. I mean, if they're like this now, what are they going to be like next year? Because in the past, we're not used to Kim playing these freshmen. And out of necessity with Dre and Asia, I mean, these, these freshmen had to get thrown in there, and, and we're really seeing them grow up. Uh, where do you, you kind of, when you think of, like, where the ceiling is for these two, where is it? Well, I'm telling you, they're two terrific freshmen to build around, and their skill sets are really, really way mature beyond their years. Of course, little Paige Bugs came in highly recruited, one of the top 15 recruits in the nation, a McDonald's All-American. But So a lot was really expected of her. And of course, Bonnell Roy was a top 40 national uh, recruit, and she was the player of the year in Missouri. So they were expected to be good. But I'll tell you, with little Paige Bugs, Matt, She's just now really getting her confidence offensively. And you saw last night where she'd pop up there to the free throw line and just square up and face up and drill that little jump shot. And She wasn't doing that a month ago. And to think that she's been the Big 12 Freshman of the Week already four times this year and Final Roy twice. So I'd say that's setting up Baylor for a pretty nice future. And then you consider they've got the big six seven Brazilian girl coming in next year. So uh, the way this transfer portal works and you start developing freshmen and recruits like that, I think it uh, looks very, very bright for the Baylor women's basketball program. Jim Haller joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. You know, I think we're probably going to at some point, Jim, have to accept that Asia Blackwell, as much as we'd love to see her out there, sometimes she'll get a minute, sometimes she'll play a couple of minutes, that it just may not, I, I don't know when it's going to happen this season. And I think that's tough for Nikki because she knows she could be a frontline type player. And I think it's good on Baylor for not trying to rush her through this. But, you know, at some point you kind of have to move on. And I, I don't know, uh, I, and Jim, you may be hearing more than I am about kind of where she is in this process. But it just doesn't it doesn't seem like. Uh, I this this thought of maybe getting her back to a, a, a place where she can play 25, 30 minutes a game, it may just not happen this season. Well, Matt, I'm glad you brought that up because I think the, the average fan does not understand how devastating that's really been to this year's team to not have her. Just think about this. There, there's 350 Division One women's basketball schools, and she was the number two rebounder in the nation last year at Missouri. That's how good she was. Average 15 points and like 15 rebounds a game. And then uh, uh, Dre Edwards from uh, uh, Kentucky, same thing. I mean, you put those two players, and of course, for two different reasons, they're not playing. But as if it had all gone as planned and those two had been out there, this team would really have been something. So I give the coaching staff a lot of credit for for doing what they've done without those two in the lineup. But I'll tell you, uh, you, I watched Asia last night. She came out before the game. We had a nice visit. She Mm -hmm. was shooting the ball fabulously. She was drilling shots out of the corner, and she was smiling as she always does. And I said, well, tell me, how, how is it? And she said, 
believe it or not, it, it just keeps feeling better every every day. But uh, we're not going to rush it again like we did. And she said we're just playing it by the ear. So I'm sure the, the Baylor media will have some type of information on her situation as the season progresses. But uh, all I know is she was out there working on her own last night before the rest of the team came out to warm up. But uh, certainly yeah. that's that's been uh, disappointing that she hadn't seen the floor more than she has. I'll never forget, we were doing that game against uh, SMU on ESPN+, and that's when she went down with that injury. And, of course, she's never been the same since. Yeah, some of these teams, like Oklahoma State, have great transfers, don't they? I mean, you could just tell they're all having big-time impacts. And wasn't that something to see Lee Mayberry's daughter on that Kansas team last <laughs> yeah, night? That was, <laughs> and she is really a good player. I had a chance to see her last year when she was at Tulsa. I did the TV game, I believe it was, when they played SMU, and I knew how good she was going to be coming into the season for Kansas. And, of course, she got 19 against Baylor in the first game up in Lawrence. But that was fun, her being the daughter of Lee Mayberry. And I had a chance to talk to her about that before the game last night. And he was really, really good at Arkansas and really good in the NBA. And she's really good in the Big 12. Yeah, well, you coached against Eddie. And then, of course, Nolan comes in there. And Arkansas just had another wave of unbelievable players. You remember that 40 minutes of hell is what they would put forward there. Jim, what do you what do you what can right now of the uh, of the men's team? The Baylor men, uh this is kind of well, interesting. Let me, let me just stop you right there. Everybody look, they are really really good. Uh-huh. But everybody else is, you know what I'm going to say, everybody else in the Big 12 is really, really good, too. So it's the team that plays the best on any given night is going to win. And uh, no better example than that than Texas Tech. Here they are, 8-0-8, eight, oh eight, come back and beat the number one team in the league last, uh, what was that, Saturday or Sunday. They go to, to Baton Rouge and beat LSU on the road. So that in itself says a lot about the league. Baylor is not shooting the ball well, not near as well as Coach Drew and the staff would like to see them. So they've had to come up with some big, big stops. And unfortunately, like late in that game Monday night in Austin, Marcus Carr hit a big shot for Texas. If that one doesn't go down, Baylor may steal that game, even not playing as well as they could have in Austin. But uh, this Baylor team is still really, really Mm -hmm. good. And uh, Keontae George, we all talk about his talent, but obviously everybody would like to see him be just a little bit more consistent, but he has got a great skill set. And the other night at the, the Kansas game in Waco, I had a chance to, there was 34 NBA scouts in attendance that night. And I had a chance to talk to old Doug Ash, who's the head scout for Detroit. Now I used to be Dave Bliss's assistant at Baylor and SMU and Oklahoma and everywhere else. And, uh, Doug was just marveling at uh, at Keontae George's skill level. That, uh, it's it's probably hadn't even been tapped because he's so strong and big and can do so many things. But this team is good. It's just going to be fun to watch him for the rest of the year. And the big freshman, uh, he's got to continue to get a little bit st- stronger on the boards. But there's a lot of upside left with this ball club, and I think they're. They're definitely going to be a contender when the NCAA tournament gets here. Yeah, I, I would just say the defense has been a concern, and and you got to, you, you know, that's one thing 
you that should always be there for you. I mean, it's an effort thing. Obviously, you're going to have some teams that are better at it than others. But you've noticed Scott's had to kind of go back to that zone a little bit to try to find something to to make it tougher on teams. And that TCU team ran right past them. I mean, again, again, that was a great game. But TCU, I mean, that, that, that's a incredibly when they're all there. Mike Miles is playing. That's one of the fastest teams in the country, if not the fastest. So I think uh, Coach Haller, as you've known over the years, you got to before you can really do anything. I think you got to get this defense playing at a higher level. And we all know, I mean, you know, you know who would help that if John Wachachua does come back. And I, I don't know what to. I mean, we were just talking about Asia Blackwell. I, I don't want to put too much pressure on the guy. But have you noticed every telecast, they're making a big deal, showing him dunking. Scott Drew makes it a point in his, in his uh, media availabilities to bring that up. I mean, it almost seems like they're tele- trying to tell us something, that the young man may be close to coming back. Well, that would be an absolute miracle if he did. We've all heard, read, and talked so much about that severe nerve damage that he had plus the ACL tear. Uh, but all I can tell you is I saw him working out in the weight room last night when I came into the arena and he had a big old smile on his face. Now what that means, nobody knows, but that would be a big help to, uh, aid Baylor's men on the defensive side of the ball. Now you, you think back when they won the national championship and you had guards like Davion Mitchell and Macy Teague and Butler out there, those three guys were all stoppers. And I was thinking Monday night. If Davion Mitchell had been on Marcus Carr and he hit that shot in the last minute to win that game for Texas, he would have never gotten that shot if Davion Mitchell would be on him. But there's no mm. nobody else like that in the league either. So we're just going to have to live with what I'd like to say is normalcy. Davion Mitchell was the best on-ball defender I've ever seen on the perimeter. Wow. Don't let Mr. Quick hear that. I mean, my gosh. He... <laughs> Mr. Quick. <laughs> He never met a shot he didn't like. <laughs> One of my all-time favorites. I love old Michael Williams, who you're talking about, from Dallas mm-hmm. Carter. And he was good on defense, too, but he wasn't as good as Davion Mitchell. Have you noticed the – and we always had great players coming out of Dallas, but even in recent years, it's it's actually been ramped up. I, I, I kind of feel like the Metroplex now may have the greatest nucleus of talent is anywhere in the country. And we used to point to other areas, and I know some of the kids like uh, uh, Keontae end up at IMG. Some of these guys, Jacoby Walters coming in here, he went to Link Academy, but they're from McKinney. They're from Louisville. They're from all. They're from the Metroplex. Jim, isn't that amazing how the Dallas-Fort Worth area has just become like the biggest hotbed in the country for, uh, for, for men's basketball? Well, there's no doubt about that, and I, I tell you, I'm, I consider myself one of the luckiest people in the world because for, for 20 years in a row, I've had the assignment of working the Texas High School State Championships, and I've seen every one of those players you're talking about. saw Jacoby Walter last year in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio playing Duncanville for the state championship, and to see the talent. Uh, the, the, the black kid uh, the other night for Arkansas played against uh, Jacoby Walter in in that state championship game. And of course, they have Ron Holland, who's one of the top two or three prospects in the nation from that Duncanville team back this year. But you can go on and on and on. 
How about Cason Wallace, the starting guard for Kentucky this year, was playing at Richardson Heist last year. I mean, you're right. The talent up there in that Dallas Metroplex is just unbelievable, both on the men and women's side. And a lot of credit for that goes to the, the great coaches they've got up there in that area. They're really good at developing talent. Yeah, guy you used to play against uh, is coaching over at Highland Park, Dave Peeler, the man who used to. I think that might have predated three pointers, the actual three point oh, yeah. strike. But <laughs> a lot of these guys, they, they talk about three pointers. You know, when Terry Teagle left Baylor, he was the all time leading scorer in the Southwest Conference. If we had had the three point shot, his record would have never been broken. But anyway, Peeler was a good one too, and he does a great job there at Highland Park. And uh, it's just, uh, I, I can't tell you how much I look forward to that state tournament every year. I've been doing oh, yeah. that, those games with Craig Way, who does the UT games for years and years, and we both get excited. I, you know, that Jacoby Walter, who's coming to Baylor next year, that played at McKinney, a five star mm-hmm. recruit, six six guard. He is as good as advertised. He is really, yeah. really good and a really nice young man. Well, in the 2024 class, uh, keep in mind Trey Johnson, number one in the country, according to some, uh, as a guard. He's a shooting guard. He's unbelievable, and Baylor wants him now, like crazy. Chance, I haven't had a chance to see him play oh, in person. Don't yeah. you live out there near Lake Highlands or something? Yeah, I get to see him play yeah, a lot. and. He's unbelievable. I've been watching him play since he was a freshman, and yeah, he just he keeps about six five, six six. Yeah, and and he went toe to toe with Kason Wallace, who you were just talking about. Oh and, yeah, uh, and he's he's an unbelievable shooter, teammate, likes to pass the ball, but from an athleticism standpoint, he can dunk on anybody. And uh, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch him. And boy, Baylor, I'm telling you, every bit that Jacoby. Uh, Keontae, they want Trey just as bad as any of those guys that they've gone after in the past. So, and he'll be a McDonald's All-American type. So, uh, and it, it's interesting because Texas was in the mix for him as well. But you just don't know what this Chris Beard situation has done with some of the recruiting that uh, Texas has done. Jim, that was, and the guy you were talking about earlier, Anthony Black, the son of Terry Black. Uh, who used to play at Baylor, who obviously could jump out of the gym, and Anthony Black now playing for Arkansas, another uh, Dallas-area kid, which is just amazing. Jim, it's always fun. I really appreciate you doing this. Oh, you bet, Matt, Aaron, both of you. Stay warm, and thanks for having me on. Enjoyed the visit. Bye-bye. You bet. There he goes, one of the top tennis players in his age bracket, which, of course, is a very young age bracket there in uh, the greater Waco area. It is Jim Howler. Joining the Matt Mosley Show with Aaron Sexton here on ESPN Central Texas.